movies at this. This is where the fun begins. Take a seat. Hey there, guys, and welcome back to the Jedi Jargon Podcast. This is episode 13. We are your number one source for in-depth discussion, news, and analysis of all things Star Wars. We're a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. My name is Jedi Master OB, and I first experienced the franchise through LEGO Star Wars. And this is Jedi Master Jeff, the boy who faced Darth Maul at Disney World and lived to tell the tale. Jeff, how you doing? I'm feeling great today, man. This is a good week for me. Yeah. Um, new episode of Mandalorian this morning. And this week is going to be a fantastic week. I've got my PlayStation 5 arriving on Thursday. Ooh, very exciting. I'm I'm like I'm in a good mood right now. I'm happy. Um so I will be likely streaming episode 3 of The Mandalorian on my PS5 and that's just That's I, wonderful. It's just great to be able to that's say that. That's great. I know you've been very excited to get that uh to get that shipped out to you. I've been playing a whole heck of a lot of Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, no change over last week, you know, just getting better at my drifting and my and my shooting and my flying and all that stuff. Uh, can't recommend that game enough. So this week we're going to be getting into uh, episode two of season two of The Mandalorian, and that is The Passenger. So, Jeff, uh, what we're going to do here, I guess, you could just give a, a breakdown of the episode, just go through and, you know, beat by beat and just give us a summary. And then we can give our thoughts as we go. So from this point on, guys, we are going to be getting into spoiler territory. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and sound the spoiler klaxon, and you can consider yourselves forewarned. If you have not seen The Passenger, uh, then please click away and come back once you've seen it. The Passenger It's off pretty much right where episode one leaves off. Mando and the child are still on the speeder, making their way back to Mos Eisley after their encounter with the crate dragon. And as they ride along, we see some sketchy-looking individuals setting up a trap, um, likely to be uh, to take out their speeder bike. Right? There were, I believe, three individuals. Um, and he's riding really fast, goes right into the trap. The bike is destroyed, but he manages to fight off two of the attackers, but he's separated from the child, right? And here we see the third alien, uh, kind of a smaller one, little guy, grab the child, holds a knife to the child. And this is where we see Mando start to kind of bargain with him. You can take anything you want in the wreckage, anything at all, anything on me. Just let the kid go. He wants his jetpack. And I knew where this was going. <laughs> of all the things, he picks the jetpack. And we see them make the trade. Uh, the kidnapper gives Mando a child. He gives him a jetpack slowly. And the guy takes the jetpack and runs off. And this was... Just so good. <laughs> the the jetpack's remote controlled. Right. And uh, he sends the guy flying up into the air, shakes him around a little bit, sends him crashing back into the ground, and uh, guides the jetpack back onto his that back. Was, that was so and, funny. Uh, that was so funny. I really thought that... That was just... Yeah. I really thought that those guys that were trying to 
trying to, you know, ruin Mando's day. I really thought they'd be affiliated with Boba Fett, just based off of how last episode ended. Um, but you know what? They weren't. That's okay. That's okay. I thought that a lot of the comedic stuff in this episode was executed really well, and it started with that. You know, the tension was building up. Um, as we saw Mando on the on the speeder bike, you know, zooming through the desert. Uh, but I had a feeling, you know, once that fight started, it's like, okay, so this is a bit of a cold open, you know. These guys aren't really, you know, he's kind of playing with his food here. You know, they're not really putting up too, too much of a fight. Right. And I had a similar sort of inkling as the episode started to get going. I figured that, oh, maybe these guys, maybe he saw that Mando had his armor and he sent his, his guys after him. Exactly. I, I was thinking this, a similar thought as I was watching these things unfold. So... Uh, Mando and the child continue on foot, lugging around all of his belongings back to Mos Eisley, where they were able to uh, meet back up with the engineer there, Pelimoto, uh, in a cantina, where she's actually playing a game of sabak with a interesting-looking insect, insect animal, uh, alien-type thing. A little insectoid, uh, yeah. Insectoid. Exactly. <laughs> and it was just, he was interesting to look at. And boy, let uh, me tell you, if there was any foreshadowing in this episode, it was right, right fricking there. Oh, I know. I know. So the insectoid, who I guess is named Dr. Mandible. Um, That's so funny. Says that he can. I love I that. I love He's that name. <laughs> Dr. Mandible. He says. I know. He says that he can, he has a connection uh, for Mando. Uh, he has like a, a contact who may know where he can find some Mandalorians. I love that Pelimoto was just out there just spitting the language. Like it sounds like complete nonsense to hear like a human making like insect noises, but it was, it was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> it worked. Uh, she knows what she's doing. She's kind of a baller, you know, just playing a high stakes game of Sabak, just kind of chilling, you know. But uh, that game finishes up. He pay he actually pays for Doctor Mandible's um, bet for the current round of the game in order to get the information. And they agree to meet the contact back at the docking bay where his ship is, and the contact is this sort of interesting looking um frog lady i guess you yeah frog lady exactly frog lady uh and, and we'll, we'll, you know we'll get back to the frog nickname later on which is kind of funny uh so she's this amphibian frog-like female alien who needs to get her self and her eggs she has this tank of eggs with her uh to the moon of Trask, where her husband is located. Um, apparently, uh, she says that they have seen some Mandalorians there, and that uh, if you can, you know, get me there safely, I can point you in the right direction. He agrees, but there's one caveat: he can't fly there using light speed. He has to go. 
sublight, I believe they referred to it as in the episode. Right. Uh, which, as we saw, presents many risks in intergalactic travel in the Star Wars universe. Um, which is interesting, right? We, we can kind of talk about that for a second. Whenever we see characters travel from one destination to the next, they're usually using light speed. So it's an interesting problem that he's presented with here. That's he that's one thing I just go at. Yeah. No, no. Finish your thought. He has to kind of just go at like normal speed, which leaves him vulnerable. That's how he's been able to evade any of like Moff Gideon's Imperial guys, you know, Imperial remnants, uh, and you know, leading up before the events of this uh, episode, he had avoided also New Republic authorities. Right. That's one thing I really liked about this episode, just that a lot of the technical complications that we take for granted when we're watching Star Wars because they don't really delve into it, you know, specifically with light speed and traveling throughout the galaxy. This episode kind of used that as a plot point, And I really I really enjoyed that, you know, there and we'll get into it later. Um, but they talked about, you know, pressurizing the hull of the Razor Crest and and flying, you know, through space with the with the ramp down. You know, all these things that we've never seen before, um, they're making into, you know, major plot issues. Exactly. So as they get going on their tra- on their uh, flight over to Trask, this is where uh, the frog lady starts to talk to, try to talk to Mando. They try communicating to no avail, where Mando... I believe it's in this initial exchange. He says, sorry, lady, I don't speak frog. Love that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was perfect. So they keep going, right? Um, and it's also here in this initial stretch of the trip where we see the child below deck, the lower deck, uh, sort of notice the eggs. And it was here that... I initially thought that he had some sort of like connection to the to the like eggs. I thought it was like some sort of like force thing. I think they were trying to but play it, it off out. like that. They were. Th- I think that <laughs> yeah, was a concerted yeah. effort at misdirection to play it off like he was going to touch the glass of the of the um, of the tank, and like I, I mean he did, and they started moving around. Right, they started moving around. Yeah, in there, yeah. And we thought it was going to yeah. be some force thing, and I'm like, oh cool, we're going to get some frog babies in this episode or or something, you know, something crazy with the force, but we didn't. (laughs) No, no. He opens up the jar and, and, and actually eats one of the eggs. (laughs) Just, just, he just sucks it right off, which is fantastic. That was great. And Mando, um, you know, catches the kid in the act, which he will do a couple of more times later on in the episode. as we go. Um, Then they off to sleep. He, you know, puts the kid back in bed. Like, all right, it's time to go to bed. Enough. We saw we saw Dad Mando a lot, and quite a bit in this episode, which also oh yeah, I was interesting point. Of I emphasis, was here. For, I, I was here for it, man. I was very much here for for Dad, for the Dad DeLorean. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's time time for bed. Come on, Dad. Dad Jaren. Don't touch it. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So, presumably, a few hours pass. They get some sleep. And the alarms start to go off. The alarms are coming from nearby New Republic X-Wings. They're hailing the ship. So, after a bit of an exchange with uh, 
two rebel pilots, or two, well, New Republic pilots, excuse me, um, they actually kind of nab him. They say, like, all right, man, you don't have your transponder, your transponder going off. You have to be emitting a signal at all times and you're traveling through space. I yeah, they were kind of a law. They were kind of like traffic cops almost. Exactly. You know, patrolling the patrolling the um, the sub hyperspace lanes. Also, was that Dave Filoni? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he's back. I love that. Um, I love they just keep giving him little cameos. Of, what was his call sign? What was his call sign in the oh I in last season? I Do you remember? No, I don't remember. Something Fox, I think. Might have been. Might have been. Which which is just perfect. I mean, I think that it's great that he gets these little Stan Lee esque cameos. I know, and hopefully we see more of that in the future of this sort of Star Wars TV verse. You know, like completely agree. Um, completely agree. It's very more very cool to very cool to see the uh, see the maker. Exactly. Uh, so they explained to him that he's got to turn on his transponder, run a beacon. Uh, it's just the law, you know, and. Um, I guess they ask him for one last thing, which I I didn't quite understand. They're looking out for they're on the lookout for Imperial hangouts, um, and they needed him to send them a ping. He, clearly, he didn't want to do that. He tried stalling, making up excuses that the hardware was offline. He couldn't do it. Um, so they're like, "Okay, man, you're gonna have to come to us, come with us to an outpost. Uh, we're gonna have to check out your ship or whatever." He doesn't have time for that. So, uh, we actually see the X-Wings um, switch over to a private channel where then they switch to attack position. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Um, He's like, switch over to channel two. He's like, okay. And then the S-Foils are in attack yeah, position. It's yeah. like, oh, God. Oh, God. Right. So, then they ask him if he was in the vicinity of a New Republic correctional transport, Bothan 5, uh, that being the prison ship from Season 1. Um, he doesn't give him an answer. And that's when he beelines it into the nearest planet where the X-Wings both pursue. Right, And they're up in the air. This was a great little chase scene that I I thought was just gorgeous. And real, right? and it real quick. So good. It looked a, and, real, yeah. and real quick. We also got a shot. So this was like a snow planet, right? And we all thought, I don't know about you, but a lot a lot of folks thought when the trailer came out, we saw a shot of the Razor Crest being chased by two X-Wings down to the to this planet that it was going to be Ilum, you know, the, the home of the, the, the Kyber Crystals, the Kyber Crystal planet. Uh, and it turned out to not be. Turned out to not be. Uh, bit of a disappointment. But you know what? That just goes with the prediction game. Right. Exactly. With every prediction, there's going to be some that are on the money, some that are not. But I feel like it's still a possibility that they could go to Ilum with the child. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. Um, yeah, I agree. I feel like something like that might be season three. I don't know. That's just me. But they continue their chase um, through the clouds. They make their way down to the surface of the ice planet where... After some careful maneuvering, Mando is able to sort of lose them, hide underneath some ice, uh, and seemingly they're in the clear. 
right? But of course they're not, right? It wouldn't be it wouldn't be Star Wars TV without some sort of a crash, right? <laughs> that, right. Like some sort of a disaster involving them having to fix their ship, right? So they fall through the ice and the ship is badly damaged. They're presumably stuck, right? And I thought it was interesting how uh, once this happened, Mando seemingly, like, he kind of, you know, he made his initial checks on the the ship. He finds the enormous hole um, and, of course, the child eating another one of the eggs. But he kind of, he doesn't really give up. He just, uh, he doesn't really too hopeful that they'll be able to get out which i thought was interesting um yeah he was almost kind of he was almost resigned to his fate at that point which was which was weird you know that's not really typical of of dinjarin no and maybe i maybe we missed a bit where like maybe he like set off a like sos signal but they're kind of on the run that wouldn't make much sense um Maybe he was like waiting for someone to come, but I don't. I don't think that was the case. Um, so anyway, they're kind of resting and waiting around for a little bit, which is, didn't really make too much sense considering that they're in like sub-zero temperatures. Uh, but uh, the frog lady actually has kind of a novel idea, right? Was it here that she? Yeah, he's outside, and. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, no, he doesn't go outside yet. The woman actually takes the uh, security droid's um, vocal... The vocabulator. um, Vocabulator. She actually uses that as a translator to communicate with Mando, which I thought was pretty cool, actually. I thought that was really interesting Uh, because a large... I don't know if it was, like, intentional, but a vibe that I was getting was that Mando thought that the frog lady was not intelligent and that she was a simple being because they didn't speak the same language. And I think that once her language was translated through the vocabulator of the security droid, she became more of a three-dimensional character. And I think he really began to understand her more, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. I, I thought that was a very uh, very cool character development. Exactly. She explained that, um, like, uh, the survival of her eggs are key to the survival of her species, right? From yeah, she was basically like Mandalorian, put up or shut up. Exactly. You know, like, we are going to die. And, you know, I thought it was part of your code that you always keep true to a promise, right? And then he, he does kind of shut up a bit and realize like yeah no that's true <laughs> that's when he gets up goes outside to fix the ship and he's starting to patch up some holes and you know piece put back together some wiring and the razor crest and the the child kind of gets his attention like hey hey you know I, I thought it was interesting how he was almost kind of like trying to talk um for the first time like you got a lot of we got a lot of we got a lot of Baby Yoda noises today. A lot of yeah. them in this episode. Yeah, and I think this is the closest we've gotten to like hearing him try to talk. 
which which we know the, the series we which talk. which we know creatures of that species can do exactly yeah i hope this like first words are like a total yodaism you know like just like a total like backwards sentence like <laughs> get me some food you must there's <laughs> <Or> something, <laughs> you know, something i i hope he talks like that um i hope that's not just unique to yoda you know i completely agree that would be that would be so funny i know um but anyways we're not there yet he signals mando over and they find some footprints which is interesting um yeah mando mando's using his helmet and the and the like the heads up display on his helmet to use like the thermal tracking to follow her follow her footprints right yeah he kind of puts two and two together and figures that it's the woman um and they say you know they follow the footprints and it's they were kind of suggesting that she might be in trouble or maybe that she was trying to skip out on them like uh, but she was just resting in a hot spring right it was fairly uncertain and then they come upon her in the hot spring with all the eggs sitting there and it's like oh okay like this is yeah a brief a brief levity in the story yeah and he's like okay i i know it's warm it's cozy but we need to get the hell out of here right and i can't protect you while you're out here alone so they go uh you know she agrees all right all right we'll go back to the ship they begin to gather her eggs up and um you know kind of get her out of there get back get dressed and get back to the ship but of course the the kid is wandering off as kids do and he sees these sort of like weird uh, like rock-like objects scattered all around and i i knew immediately i didn't know exactly what would be inside them but I knew oh i knew bad news i knew um, i had seen star wars rebels and i i knew <laughs> i was like yeah getting the controller ready to fast forward and um oh my god and i knew <laughs> and i knew and i knew so every yeah every jedi has their thing right like for obi-wan he didn't like flying for anakin he didn't like sand uh for jedi master obi it's it's spiders spiders he does not like spiders that's his thing um for all you listeners if fear um, is the path to the dark side then i think that i should start calling myself (laughs) something different darth you know Darth More Pancreas. of these creatures are going to show up. <laughs> Darth Pancreas. <laughs> the first diabetic Sith. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Man, oh, man. Dude, I... So, yeah. Um, I'll, let, I'll let you just, just say it, but, yeah. Say what? Just just tell the you story. You had a thought. Just, no, just tell and the story. I was going to keep going. Just just tell tell the... Do the summary, and then we'll... Oh! Do, do, do <laughs> okay. So... Turns out they're not rocks. They're not. They're egg sacs, and uh, they're white. They're they're the white. They spi- the I'll just I'll just I'll just say it. They're the white spiders from yeah. from Star Wars Rebels. The uh, originally taken from the um, concept art by Ralph McQuarrie for The Empire Strikes Back. Um, they attack the crew, our our friends, and it's not looking good. And there's a whole chase scene, and they're all running, and it's like a bit of a horror scene. And there's a really, really big one. And uh, long story short, 
they end up killing them all. They burn them with the uh, with the with the like the afterburners from the, from the Razor Crest, and then things are starting to not look good. And then our two New Republic friends come back and shoot the crap out of them and and save the day. So, right, right. So right. I had to fast forward to that entire thing. Um, <laughs> it made me very uncomfortable, and I'm sitting here as we're recording, uh, with my with my with my legs up on my seat because I'm getting the heebie-jeebies <laughs> sitting here. Uh, Jeff knows this. We, we've lived together for a couple of years, and he doesn't like rats. I don't like these things. won't even say the word more than I have to. Um, yeah, I, I did not like that one bit. Uh, after I watched the episode, I went onto our Twitter account, and I muted the word spiders uh, because it would, be <laughs> all over, it would be all over Star Wars Twitter. Um, I don't, that's true. I don't feel particularly comfortable right now talking about this, and that's okay because, you know what, I'm just... Doing my job as a Star yeah, my, Wars podcaster. I was going a little too slow for you. Yep. <laughs> with the summary. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to drag that out one bit. Um, so, so long story short, the two guys save the day, and Mando and his friends escape. So that was the episode. Uh, let me just say, this was the worst episode I've ever seen. Hands down. Uh, if everything but that scene were included, it would have been a pretty cute, funny, good little filler episode um i you know i like to rewatch a lot of these things you know just for enjoyment purposes i can confidently say with a hundred percent certainty uh that i will never watch chapter 10 again <laughs> not a once it's just it's not gonna happen um so so do the things bother you as much when you when they were animated i don't even give a shit even Rebels? the word scares me bro even the word. So when they were animated, I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, no, it 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 is just okay. as it is just as scary, just as scary. Okay. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, no, I. Ooh, even right now, I'm just like not not feeling it. <laughs> you're thinking about the animated version. Stop, stop, stop! stop. I just, just I can't even. I can't even. Oh, and man. it was just right. so. It was so bad. I texted you this morning. <laughs> what re- read what I sent you? Read what, read what I sent you. We can. Uh, let's see here. It was like 4 a.m. Yeah. It's funny. A few minutes ago before we were recording, uh, I was like, okay, man, I'll be ready after I get out of the shower. And I actually sent you a text. Just stepped out of the hot springs. Just got to gather my eggs and get dressed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had to. Read read what I wrote this morning, early this morning. Yep. Okay. Just watch the newest Mando. Just let me, I have to say, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Just let me say, fuck. That's it. Can't wait to (laughs) let you entirely lead the convo on the pod. (laughs) Uh, Man, that's great. uh, Yeah, my my mom, she actually likes to, we like, she likes to watch these with me because she, you know, really enjoys The Mandalorian. And I told her, I'm like, listen, you're going to have to watch that episode by yourself. I'm not watching that again. Like, I'm sorry. I just can't. Oh. Shit. Just can't do it. I uh Oh, it's amazing. Let me just say you can run the Twitter for this week. I uh I'm not doing it. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah. I can do that. Dude, it was like I'll be sure to retweet and like, like everything to do with the uh fuck fuck <laughs> off. Just just fuck creatures. off. Um <laughs> Let me just say though oh. that like that was like my worst nightmare personified. It it was absolutely yeah. the peak of horror. 
for me. So I'm sitting there and I'm like hands over the eyes, like trying to like, I, I literally took my glasses off so I wouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> and I'm fast forwarding, you know, 10 seconds at a time on the PlayStation <laughs> controller. I'm like, please let it be over. Let it be over. And I pressed a button and I thought it was over because I saw Dave Filoni. I'm like, oh, it's not over. Ah. And I just kept going. Yeah. And I was kind of upset though, because by the time that I, it was over, it was like the episode was over, you know? And this was a shorter episode. This is only like 41 minutes, but I think the episode ended with like eight minutes left in the credits. So it was even shorter than that. Um, I am not complaining. I'm not complaining. This was a shorter episode. Um, I, I, I'm okay with that for, you know, a number of reasons uh, that, it, that it didn't drag out. Uh, but you know what, though? I'm glad that they got it out of the way. Because it's highly likely we won't see it again. You know, they've already used the trope. And I'm happy about that. Um, I think that besides that scene, this was largely what you would call a filler episode. Again, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't know what you think, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Because it develops the bond between Din Djarin and the child. And I'm all here for that. We got to see the dad DeLorean. You know, we got to see Baby Yoda, you know, progressing and developing really enjoyed the frog lady and it sets us up for next week you know hopefully we'll get some more boba fett maybe we'll get some you know ahsoka tano uh sabine wren you know a number any of the number of the other characters that have been rumored to appear uh it is going to be the third episode we still have not seen uh cara dune we still have not seen moff gideon um or grief karga you know so there's a long way to go but I'm very happy to put this episode in the rearview mirror and uh, never go back. So that will just about do it for us here this week on the Jedi Jargon Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Jedi Jargon Pod. That's Jedi Jargon P-O-D as in podcast. Uh, you can email us at Jedi Jargon Pod at gmail.com. And uh, we will see you guys next week for another breakdown of the third chapter of the second season of The Mandalorian. All right, guys, thank you so much. And remember, the pod will be with you always. Always.